Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome back to another mini-sode. And right in the beginning of Mental Health Awareness Month, Meg, mental health check-in. How are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm doing a super medium. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's a lot of ups and downs these days. I'm feeling really good talking to you tonight. It's always helpful to have a friend check-in. Yes. And connect with yes. the heart heart people in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of ups and downs. Lots of like anxiety and just trying to parent through it all and mm-hmm. live life. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that lots of folks can relate to that. What about you? How are you doing? <sighs> today, okay, if I'm being honest, today it was just sort of a bit of a flat affect day for me. I mm-hmm. felt pretty low energy throughout most of the day. Everything was like a little bit harder than it normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like it was a struggle to remain patient in my parenting today. Oh, I'm right with you. Um, I feel like my three-year-old was three-nagering it up pretty hard today. <laughs> and that just sort of, you know, adds to it when I'm already having a little bit of a low energy struggle day. But yeah, I found a high point. Tell me. So after I put my child to bed, I watched the Savage X Fenty <gasps> fashion show. Have you yes. seen it? Yes. Oh my. Can we talk about it for a minute? Uh, can we talk about Rihanna? Always. Oh, all always. day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, it's so funny that you said that because I literally watched it last night and it was, yeah, it like, it definitely was a mood shifter. Yes. It was just like an, a nice instant boost. It was beautiful. The visuals. Oh. So beautiful. Everything that Rihanna stands for, you know, mm-hmm. just representation and inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've always been a Rihanna fan, like yes. from the music perspective, but since Rihanna has become like this, um, this mogul in a way that I feel like no one else has quite accomplished in terms of like what she represents from a diversity place. Mm-hmm. Like well, it's shocking because it yeah. just seems like a good business model. Oh man, it's brilliant. But like, like but like make the things for the everyone. Right? Yeah. Like make things that people can wear and not mm-hmm. just like a narrow range. Cause when you narrow the range, you narrow your dollars. And it just totally. seems just from like that pure like capitalist standpoint. Yeah. How have people not figured out how to Rihanna before Rihanna? I know. And like you know that like that's not the place she's coming from. But like no. yeah, it's just like even if you can make an economic appeal on this end, mm-hmm. starting with makeup that like, you know, represents everybody and what everybody's needs are, moving into clothing from like clothing and in this particular fashion show was lingerie focused and underwear. Yes. And that was awesome too, right? Because oh, when you're doing lingerie fashion shows, uh, there's usually a lot of body types that get laughed out of the equation. Oh, absolutely. And this time I felt like there was such a broad representation of body types, of skin tones, of genders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just awesome. Yeah, it was like, it's like the exact thing that humanity needed right now. Yeah, when and every- there was Demi Moore. I had some- <laughs> Demi Moore. Oh man, I'm not even going to lie. Like the flower with the Frank Ocean song. Oh, yeah. That song. 
it made me emotional. Yeah. And it was just also like, it was beautiful. It was whimsical. It was Mm -hmm. artistic. Mm -hmm. It was everything. Guys, Rihanna is everything. She is everything. (laughs) And I'm honestly also like, how, why is anyone doing like typical fashion shows? Like, Mm -hmm. obviously this was like a, not a low budget production. Mm -hmm. So there's probably that, but I was like, this is like, first one, like they had an audience. They obviously had to switch things up a bit because of COVID. Yeah. But what was cool is that like, that's an accessibility thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, and we all get to be a part of something that is typically really reserved for like the elite right who get mm-hmm. to like be at a high fashion event and if she made it art and she made it just like I couldn't look away right a because you would miss a cameo yes <laughs> and the couple of Rihanna cameos too beautiful and she doesn't even really make herself like centered in it which is no. the other thing yeah so if people haven't watched it it's on amazon prime there mm-hmm. is volume one the last year's edition of the fashion show and mm-hmm. then this year's volume two came out over the weekend mm-hmm. it's worth checking out oh gosh check it out it, that's like self-care in a beautiful like 58 minute little cookie that you get to take in <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of representation and gender mm-hmm. we were talking to our gaining momentum community over the mm-hmm. weekend about what we're all doing in our families around talking about gender what did we learn well we learned that first of all there's a lot of universality around um, the pressure of stereotypes mm-hmm. um, both that we feel you know or, or observe having an impact on our kids and how mm-hmm. they practice their gender mm-hmm. based on what they realize is safe or not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting. But then also like a lot of folks um, sort of confided that they have also been sort of limited sometimes by those stereotypes as well, right? So we feel it for ourselves and then we are also seeing those impacts for kids that we care for in our life. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting theme that like universally almost across the board people, you know, that resonated like that's something people yeah. are- gender are, stereotypes affect us all. They really do. And like people are bothered by the way that they're impacting kids, especially in the Mm -hmm. way that they maybe change their behavior because when they start to recognize those things. So that was one theme. The other thing that we need to like talk a little bit about is that sometimes I get the sense that um, maybe people are carrying around like guilt or shame around like, you know, we've talked about this in the past, like not quote doing it right or like not doing enough, um, particularly around like this conversation of of gender and um you know how we talk about gender in our families Mm -hmm. and it's important that we like back up for a second and just make sure that this isn't about like shame and guilt no no it's just i think information gathering and just sort of finding out what other people are doing because sometimes people are doing things differently in different households and you're maybe doing something that i'm not doing and i'm like oh that's a great idea i want to start implementing that in my parenting Mm-hmm. And shame and guilt in the gaining momentum community is not a motivator that we care to employ. No. Um, it's about, you know, coming to the table and being a part of a group, a collective because you want to know more, because mm-hmm. you want to like build your toolbox. Um, we're, we're all completely imperfect as parents, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And we all have a lot to learn from each other. Yes. And so this is a community space where we just want that openness and people don't need to feel like they're bad or they're doing it wrong because Mm -hmm. maybe they haven't loaded into those conversations yet. But at the same time, I do want to say thank you to everyone who shared that they're feeling those emotions and that these questions and these topics are bringing up these feelings because it's important to share that so that we can lift each other up and encourage each other and let each other know that we're all doing the very best we can and we're all doing 
what we need to do and what we can do. And that's part of coming together is expanding what we're capable of. That's often step one, just like being a part of the conversation and then seeing where we go from <laughs> Sorry, there. Sorry, when you said step one, I'm like, step one, we can have lots of fun. Because <laughs> New Kids on the Block is always at the forefront of my mind. Well, and right behind you there, I see your pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sleeping bag, thanks. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that we saw that bubbling up for folks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just something to like notice and like let's let go of that shamey, guilty stuff and move forward with like open hearts and openness to learning. Yeah, let's gain momentum together to move yeah, forward. Yeah, it is. Clear heart, what is the like... Clear eyes, full hearts, can't yeah. lose. Can't lose. We can apply <laughs> that here. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think we had one more question. What are people doing in talking to their kids um, and like just in their families? How are they having conversations around gender? So I, I think like a lot of the things that we had talked about in episode five around like the ways that people are that we are starting conversations on those things resonated Mm -hmm. for other people. Mm -hmm. So lots of just like, you know, like problematizing stereotypes as they come up. Mm, So like, what does that mean when a child like also regurgitates a stereotype, which happens a lot actually, even in my house. Sure. They hear everything everywhere. Totally. It's about like, just sort of like unpacking that a little bit with them. So lots of strategies around like softly unpacking and also providing lots of opportunities to play with gender. Like what feels good for you? What do you want to get creative about? Or how, you know, how do we want to give that space to play with gender? So, and then like real, real mixed bag around how folks are approaching pronouns. So some people have integrated neutral pronouns into their parenting, um, mm-hmm. whether that's like exclusively or, you know, interchanging between gendered pronouns and neutral pronouns. Other people haven't been doing that and just express like that's something that now they're thinking about. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, guys, it's not too late to hop on our Instagram and leave us a comment and an answer to any of these questions, because we're also thinking ahead to future episodes that we want to do coming mm-hmm. back and talking more about gender. So you guys can help us steer the conversation. We're, yeah. we're always like going in circles, right? We loop back all the time. Exactly. And speaking of looping back, thanks for mm-hmm. that one, Meg. Ooh, you're welcome. <laughs> Let's loop back to the rest of the They and Us podcast. Last time we talked about episodes one, two, and three, and now there were three episodes left that we had, episodes four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. So where did Faith steer us this time? Yeah. So, I mean, first, I just want to say again, how, how I found the series to be just like really beautiful Mm -hmm. from start to finish. So in the last few episodes, uh, we sort of explore some really interesting stuff that's like gets really raw and really honest about um, what people go through social and familial challenges of deciding to transition or transitioning to really exploring deeply like the physical challenges yes that was something that struck me too just mm-hmm. hearing about the physical challenges because you know you could assume that there would be like, a lot that would go on but I haven't it's not a world that I generally have access to so being able mm-hmm. to have a snapshot into it and seeing just in depth and detail the physical and mental health challenges involved in transitioning yeah um, I appreciated that yeah, me too. I, hugely. I just also want to throw my gratitude out there and appreciation for Yafnow, who is one of the yeah. folks who um, shares the, really intimately the experiences that they went through. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what a like 
gift to give people. It's such a personal experience. Um, but what I found was that that real raw honesty about like how challenging the physical part of transitioning can be mm-hmm. just gave a really important, shed a really important light on the experience in general. Nobody takes transition lightly. Like that's kind of one of the things we can take from yes. that is like, this is a, can be, it can be an excruciating physical experience. And mm-hmm. that really lends itself to allowing us to deeply understand how, how needed it is for somebody um, if, the, if they are um, going through that. But also they really explore deeply that transition even physically has like a whole spectrum of what that mm-hmm. can look like for people, mm-hmm. um, which I think not everybody understands that it's not one thing, right? It's yeah. whatever makes somebody feel like they are um, comfortable in their skin. Yes. Yeah. So like transitioning, the steps involved in transitioning are different for each person, but also the, uh, what each step looks like can also Mm. differ. Like there's no one size fits all transition. No, not at all. And it was really, um, useful to have, they had a a doctor from Transcare, Mm -hmm. um, British Columbia in this case, um, which was really interesting to hear them talk about like how patients go through this process and like what they're also you know, doing from a practitioner end to support mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that they threw in some information about what happens for youth yes. um, and what the options are for young people, because there's yes. a lot of misconceptions about um, what it means to use a hormone blocker or to like medically, quote, medically intervene with puberty, for example, mm-hmm. um, in order to give a kid some, you know, just a little more time to, f- to figure out what that's going to mean for them. Yes. Um, and I think the doctor did a really good job debunking what some of like the like kind of false concerns are about mm-hmm. engaging with some of that. Yes. Which is like, if you didn't know any of that, what a what an amazing uh, opportunity to learn. Yes. And I really liked, I wrote down a couple of quotes from Yaf now that I really mm-hmm. appreciated. Mm-hmm. Take what you know that you want and make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And so the journey through transitioning might be hard. It might mm-hmm. be long. It might be um, really difficult, but keep in mind that what you want is, mm-hmm. is worth it. And then Yafna yeah. also said, it's worth it to become yourself, which I thought that was, Oof. that really resonated just like, yes, in terms of transitioning, but just mm-hmm. in terms of figuring out who you are in so many different aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And then like in terms of gender exploration too, like it's worth it to become yourself. Absolutely. And I liked how this raw honesty, particularly in that episode was not was very like transparently not about being a deterrent Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. like this is just like let's humanize and like normalize the conversation about what people experience yeah because information is power totally and then even like for folks that are maybe having a really challenging transition experience physically the more that we know culturally the more supportive we can be so if somebody needs to be away from work if they need to what kind of support do people need when they are doing some physical transitioning yes and then i think there's also really interesting in the final episode of the pod Mm -hmm. uh, that episode is called family ties Mm -hmm. i'm just saying that because alex (laughs) p keaton but (laughs) now i'm lfo summer girls Mm -hmm. i I went right there too (laughs) real spiral but anyway um in that episode i thought it was really interesting because this one uh focused on bryn Mm -hmm. bryn came out as transgender at 15 years old Mm But Bryn's mom was, is a feminist and, you mm-hmm. know, strongly encouraged gender exploration and gender play until Bryn came out 
mm-hmm. uh, as transgender. And then it just turned out that Bryn's mom, she was happy to let her child explore sexuality, but not gender. Mm-hmm. And she herself appeared on the podcast to kind of mm-hmm. talk about what that looked like. Yeah, actually, I think that for me, and especially just coming from like a parenting perspective, this was probably one of the most powerful parts of the whole six episode arc was mm-hmm. to have Bryn and Bryn's parent be part of the conversation. And I think, again, so much gratitude to both Bryn and and their, his mom, and his mom, who was just like willing to talk about where they made mistakes and mm-hmm. talk about wh- where they where they were and where they are now and how they got there and just really allow that to be a teachable space for other mm-hmm. people. And I just really like just really dug into like the complexity of what it's like for parents mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. we when they we have we have certain expectations for what we think a child's life is going to be. Yes. And and this goes this applies for like lots of different things, right? Not just gender and who we expect them to be as gendered people, but there's just a really complex relationship between parents and children and what we, who we think they are. Yeah. Versus who they are and helping them to get to, to be who they are. Right. And she, and she spoke a lot about like fear being her biggest deterrent, just the fear that she felt that for her child um, Mm -hmm. being, uh, you know, marginalized uh, because of their gender identity. And I think like that resonates too, right? We all want our kids to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so her honesty around that I thought was really powerful and then really just like showing how like how do you move through that to be able to be supportive and ensure your kid gets to be who they are. Yeah. And then of course, um, we got to also learn the rest of Faith's journey and mm-hmm. coming out as non-binary to mm-hmm. their family. And so that was cool too, because it ties in. It was it's weaved really beautifully throughout mm-hmm. the podcast. Because Faith was on this journey of learning about how other people see gender and how they relate to gender. And in learning and listening to other people's stories, Faith realized that they're non-binary and mm-hmm. they were able to be themselves now. And it's really cool. Yeah, it was like a really special layer to the whole narrative arc, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so a proud of Faith and also happy for Faith that this project allowed them to explore that in a way that maybe they wouldn't have been able to if this project wasn't there. Yeah. So yeah, they and us, check it out. CBC Podcasts available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I believe mm-hmm. wherever you get your pods. Mm-hmm. And with that, we've completed another mini-sode. Woohoo! <laughs> so we will see you next week as we dig in a little bit more to parental mental health. So keep checking out our Instagram as well. See us go on a journey of mental health awareness. See you there. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Gaining Momentum is written, produced, and edited by Abby and Megan. With music by Evan Dysart. And podcast art by Catherine Katja. And a special thank you to our podcast mentor, Belle, from the podcast Thirst World Problems. Thanks, Belle. Thanks, Belle. And if you want to find any more info on any of their work, please check out the links in our podcast description.